Welcome to the Holiday in Style podcast. I'm Katrina, founder of Studio Haven, mum of three boys, and I am obsessed with holidays. Join me as I chat to the owners of the beautiful holiday homes of Australia and share in their success and learn how you can elevate your own holiday home through interiors, as well as hear about your next wish list travel destination. So if you enjoy gorgeous getaways, you love interiors, own a holiday home, or you want to own one, then the Holiday in Style podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 22 of Holiday in Style with Katrina Lumsden. I have just had a little break for a couple of weeks. I needed to just get my head back in the game since we lost our little cavoodle, Roxy. I'd fallen a little bit behind um, with all my content, my interviews, because I had been running her around to the vet and trying to sort of work out what was wrong with her. And obviously, you know, just grieving the loss of her and, you know, going through the motions. So it's actually been really good for me to have a couple of weeks off and just nice to just clear my head and have some time to create some new content and line up some new interviews for you. So I have some really amazing holiday stays and businesses lined up until the end of the year and into the new year as well. And I'm really looking forward to sharing them all with you. Some uh, I've got some up on the Sunshine Coast, on the South Coast, some in Melbourne. I've got copywriters, brand designers, photographers, buyers agent, and a few others that I'm talking to at the moment. And I'm yeah just trying to broaden the kinds of businesses that I'm having on as well as holiday homeowners. I want this to be a platform where you can listen in for resources. So if you are starting up your holiday home, you can come here to tune into a particular episode and get some tips and learn something about a particular subject that you might want to um, be looking at, you know, doing in your own holiday home at that time. So whether that is you're, you're doing your website and you're about to create your own website, or if you want to engage in a website designer, if you are linking your website through to a hosting platform, all of those things, I'm looking to try and cover everything. So it's a big thing that I'm looking at doing, but I'm really excited about it. And I'm wanting to get in all the experts to create a really broad platform for you so that you've got the resources. But along with that, I'm still going to be interweaving that with all of the beautiful, beautifully designed holiday homes of Australia. So still want to hear from all of you out there. If you think that you've got one that would be a great fit for the podcast, then I would love to hear from you. It's not just about those that are the beautiful, you know, multi-million dollar luxurious holiday homes. I want to hear from people who have styled and designed homes just out of love and have those beautiful, created beautiful experiences within their homes or have just created a space that's really unique. So if you think that you've got a space that would be great for the podcast, get in touch and you can send me a DM on Instagram at studiohaven underscore au. And before we get into today's interview, I wanted to share something with you that I announced on Instagram, and that is that I am no longer going to be working one-on-one with my clients in their holiday homes. I have been kind of leading up to this for the last probably 12 months, and I When I moved into the holiday home arena, I knew that I wanted to work with clients and I knew that I wanted to help people to create beautiful interiors in their holiday homes because there is such a need for it. There are so many holiday homes out there that really only need some paintwork and some cushions and some beautiful artwork. It's not all about ripping the guts out of something and spending thousands and thousands of dollars. And I want to be somebody that can educate and help people to learn how to do that. And I just really feel like I have a real passion to help more people than just doing it one-to-one with clients at that more expensive level. I want to be able to do it at a more affordable option. And so by doing the courses and uh, creating those online platforms, it's a way that I can reach more people and a way that I can reach people that 
are on a bit of a tighter budget. So I've done a course before, Create Your Coastal Haven, and within that course, I absolutely loved teaching and I had really great feedback from my course members. So by creating the Elevated Holiday Haven, which I've talked about on here before, it's a passion project that I really want to focus my full attention on. So by letting go of working with one-to-one clients, I am now solely an interiors coach for holiday home owners And that is what I'm going to be doing from now on. And there are two ways that you can now work with me. The first way is through a holiday home design vision intensive. And this is where we create the design vision that stands out and sells out your holiday home. So basically what it is, we jump into a discovery call and have a quick chat about what it is that you need from me and what you would like to achieve. Before the consultation, we create a a Pinterest board and this is where you start to collect images of the kind of style and vibe that you would like to inject into your holiday home and I will have access to that board as well. And then from there, we jump into our consultation where we brainstorm through all the parameters of your holiday stay and look at the design of your home already and your home style your target market, your budget, your own interiors vision, those images that you've been saving on Pinterest, where the home is located and and the area that it's in. And then I will put my design and styling input into that and advice, and we will create a magnetic and standout design on the spot during that consultation. So by the end, you will have a visual inspiration for your standout interiors vision, for your holiday stay to take away and use as your roadmap and guide for all of your interiors decisions and choices. So that way, by the end of that consultation, you've got a guide for yourself so that if you want to go away and start purchasing and putting together the interiors of your holiday home, that is going to be your guide and you will always come back to that whenever you're making decisions around the interiors for your holiday home. And then the other way, as I've already talked about, is the Elevated Holiday Haven program. So that program is going to be launching again in the new year for a February 2023 start. And there are only limited spots available because I want to keep it really intimate. I want to have a space where I can give my full attention to a small group of people Because the course is not just about you learning how to style and create beautiful design within your holiday home. It is also me consulting and giving you my interiors guidance and support and, you know, helping you with feedback and pushing you outside your comfort zone and creating beautiful interiors with you. So I want to allow for the space for me to be able to do that. So that is why it has limited spots available. So if you're interested, make sure you get yourself on the wait list so that you can hear about the early bird offer that I'm going to be uh, advertising in December. And I will advertise that first on the wait list. And it will obviously give you the first opportunity to grab one of those limited spots. I will pop the links in the show notes for the Design Vision Intensive as well as the Elevated Holiday Haven Program waitlist. And if you have any questions, make sure you head over to Studio Haven underscore AU and send me a DM and I will answer them all there or we can jump on a call and I can have a chat to you about it there. So now I'd really like to dive in and introduce you to my next guest, which is Sandy from Acre of Roses. Now, Acre of Roses is a beautiful property in Trentham in Victoria, and it's an 1860s miners' cottage, which was originally owned by a foundry worker, Ernie Elliott. Sandy purchased the property in 2007 and began her own renovations on the property and soon after met her husband, Rob, a builder, and they have since brought their vision of Acre of Roses to life. Today, Acre of Roses is a private and luxurious, self-contained, restorative sanctuary, which offers very modern convenience to adults-only guests. It is the perfect place for your country escape, romantic getaway or girls' retreat, and is ideal as a centrally located base from which to explore all the experiences that the beautiful region has to offer. I'm really excited for you to listen in and let's dive in. 
Acre of Roses is so much more than just a holiday stay. It's a whole experience and I'm really looking forward to learning more about how you created and are running your business. Sandy, if you can tell us a little bit about you, who you are and what you do other than run a holiday property. Well, thank you, Katrina. Um, Well, as you can tell from the accent, I'm not um, Australian bred. However, I am a Kiwi who loves Australia. Um, I've got an Irish ancestry, um, corporate background, um, and also manage my partner, husband, um, fellow co-host Rob's uh, building business. Mm. So um, there isn't much left uh, th- there isn't much time left in a day. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> and so tell us a little bit about Acre of Roses. How many does it sleep and who does it cater to? Um, we can we can sleep uh, in the miners' cottage. So we've got two venues with on, on the property. We've got the miners' cottage, uh, which can sleep up to six. It's um, comfortable. Well, I wouldn't say it's not comfortable with six because we have so many people that stay, but we've got two um, bedrooms and we've got what we call the snug that has a sofa bed. And and we always thought that that was an emergency, but we are finding more and more people are using it. And I think the reason is because we've got um, multiple living areas that people can go to. So that's the um, miners' cottage and the little potting shed, uh, which is like a studio, sleeps too. So they're both quite secluded and private. Um, so we can either have a really big group stay in both yep. or it's private enough with separate um, entrances oh, to okay. have two different groups stay. The one thing they all have in common is they all lead to the Rose Farm and to the Brick Folly uh, and Woodland Garden and the apothe- Apothecary Gardens. And on the property, we are discreetly hidden away um, because obviously it's a working rose farm. Yeah, so maybe if you can just share a little bit about and, and paint us a picture of what the property is like and what it's all about. Well, it definitely evolved. I mean, we we started out with a vision, but but it, it took a natural uh, road or route of itself mm-hmm. and things sort of um, happened along the way. But I, after being in um, the corporate environment and having my own um, consulting company and marketing, decided really for a big change. I'd had enough of that whole lifestyle. And... Um, I really loved flowers. I've always loved flowers. My middle name is Rose, so it was inevitable that we'd end up with roses. Um, But there were, I retrained probably about 11 years ago, uh, was mentored by a retired local florist, and then opened my own sort of floral studio from home, Mm -hmm. uh, looking at, looking after brides and um, uh, local you know, doing local bouquets, etc. And one of the things that occurred is that you need to, to get a lot of the flowers and it you need to get up at an ungodly hour <laughs> and go down to the to the market, to the fresh flower market. Yeah. Um and and Rob, after many, many, many months, if not years, getting up at 2 a.m. had said there's got to be a better way to do this. Mm. And we were very lucky to have a um local tree business that also had a thousand roses he decided I'm not doing both Uh, so he was going to pot and sell individually the roses so we approached him and said how about we buy the lot so over one winter um, they were all dug up uh, and got ready to um, be replanted at our place and we were only like 15 minutes away Uh, so so it wasn't too much of a shock um, for them so it then sort of worked itself from there that that the childhood dream had always been um to open accommodation to to have a, a sort of b and b um and so we ended up with a quite a unique situation where you know we we could have accommodation that was on a micro rose farm it's such um, a beautiful concept it must smell amazing <laughs> oh i have to say that yes um during covid 
the ability in summer to walk down those rows of roses yeah. uh, when the sun had been on them a while. I, I mean, we were the gratitude of what we have mm. um, was was enormous, and it also really reinforced our our focus on wellness has always been there from the start. It started as sustainability and working naturally with nature. We don't spray. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because we are actually in a village uh, and we're on an acre, we we have neighbours, and there's absolutely no way that we wanted to introduce. And and we're very lucky; none of the neighbours uses sprays either. Like our whole little area is is very, you know, bee friendly. Yes. Um, and I think that uh, we then sort of it worked from there. And and we live in a wellness region, the Dalesford Macedon. Um, ranges is just you know renowned for for being you know the spa capital Um, I know Mornington is as well um, but anyway you know you have to um, push your own row your own (laughs) boat so to speak (laughs) Uh, and I think that it 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 evolved from there and and the the focus on wellness um, really came from seeing that people were coming out of Melbourne, um, this is pre-COVID, and really looking for something a little bit more than just a place to put their head. Mm. Um, so that therefore the experience, we we became more of a destination mm. rather than just an accommodation. And I think the there's a, a number of things that we identified uh, that occurred because I'd always wanted them, um, but also they fitted into wellness. And and one of them was, you know, a number of people were saying, let's let's have a pool. And you just can't have a swimming pool really in Trentham unless it's um, enclosed because we have, uh, we're a cool climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the things that my dad had always gone on about, he spent a lot of time in Seattle with his, he was in aviation. And he always came back back home talking about how incredible these cedar hot tubs were, and that that you know the Washington culture was very much about the ability to take the waters type thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a big plus for me. Uh, and and like, well, I'll finally get the cedar hot tub, <laughs> and if it's for the guests, well, even better. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, it it sort of things started to evolve from there, and. It naturally took the shape of very much a wellness escape, little retreat. Yes, and with yeah. the, the, the buildings that the accommodation is in, were they already on the property and you renovated them, or did you? Build yes. Them? So, so the miners' cottage was uh, an eighteen sixties dwelling. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, it had always, or uh, more recently when I bought it, um, been used as a weekender. Mm-hmm. So it, it already had the DNA of people coming to stay for the weekend. And I was very lucky that Rob is a builder and so, and he loves salvaging and restoring um, character homes. So mm-hmm. Uh, it it really, although it was hard, there were many Ouch. times where I'd be walking around going, wow, we've got walls and a roof and we've got no floor. <laughs> um, you know, and you were thinking, is this ever going to end? Mm. So would I, would I do it again? I think if I was a lot younger, I probably would. <laughs> but it's a, it's a huge, it was a huge journey. Mm. But we discovered lots of things al- along the way and it meant that we could actually renovate with reno- with accommodation in, in, in mind so that we created a flow. And I think that is one of the core principles for hosting is to make sure that your property has good flow. Mm. And I think that one of the things is um, how do you want um, the guests to use it? Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was very important was that they had nooks around verandas and um, in areas where if they were a couple or even four people, they'd each have their own area to escape to. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah, so that, you know, if somebody wants to sit and draw or do some artwork in the theatre room, somebody else wants to be in the kitchen cooking, Mm. um, 
and in the miners' cottage, cooking is a big thing. Mm. Uh, I I certainly don't <laughs> don't <laughs> nest to an extent and go baking and cooking, but we get a lot of foodies that and yeah. and chefs. Yeah, uh, and the big thing for them is to be able to go out into our potager gardens uh, and pick fruit and vegetables, bring it in, and create something. So um, they often, yeah, yeah. So um, the potting shed was uh, an existing name, by the way. Potting shed. (laughs) Well, it was it 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 was an existing um, chicken coop. Yeah. um, That that what we were doing was trying to create a potting shed for our head gardener. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went a bit overboard, also inspired by our interior designer and good friend, Belle um, Hemming from Bright Project, who kept saying that this was far too good for a gardener. And it evolved into a studio, mm-hmm. um, which has uh, has an ability to hold two two guests mm. that opens out into a full sort of kitchen French cottager garden mm. that they can go and pick in with its own little swinging love seat. So mm. we find a lot of people go over there. It's a very different feel from the miners' cottage, mm-hmm. but it, we find that musicians and artists and writers adore it because they actually get a lot of inspiration. Mm. Uh, it's very one with nature um over there so uh they they really enjoy it yeah yeah and you mentioned your interior designer so that was going I was going to ask you what your process was did you get some help what was your input in in all of that well I think because it had been a child childhood dream Mm -hmm. uh and I have always been one of those people over the years that would buy all the country living magazines and country style and all the other and be the one that would sit there pulling out pages going one day that's what I'd like to have one day so I when we got to that point I was armed with armfuls knew what we wanted but also we wanted something that was stylish but it was mm-hmm. something that you could walk in the door and go, oh, and um, kick your kick your shoes off and really relax. So mm-hmm. we had I had a design brief. I mean, my background is um, marketing, so I looked at that. But I knew that to get it to that stage that was really uh, would really pop. Uh, I needed someone and and met and befriended Belle and. We just meld, you know, there was just an understanding there. And so the process was to start off with, um, I think, right down to if you are renovating or or looking, Mm -hmm. I think a a place has to have flow. Um, I then think you need to look at some of those other things. We, you know, we must have gone through 30 different um, versions of white, like to get the one that we wanted that, that mm-hmm. would would work and produce a sense of calm as a, as a canvas for everything mm. else. I think the biggest thing I can't provide accolades enough for Belle. She's a very very good friend, but she's also exceptional at what she does, mm-hmm. and she takes on board the customer her customer, yep. you know, vision. Uh, but I think yep. the other thing too is that which she said to me, she said, um, you don't have a million dollar uh, budget, she said. So everything that you've picked, she said, unless you've got a million dollars to spend on it, you're not going to be able to have it. So she created heroes and she said, right, we've got a canvas, here's a hero, and Mm -hmm. taught me that you could go to Kmart, you could go to um, Ikea, you could go to the local bizarre marketplace secondhand place to pull things together on top of I had a shed full of furniture that I'd brought over that were family um, pieces uh, Mm -hmm. because my dad had passed away and that she pulled bits and pieces out so it was very you know the vignettes that she created were very much about about us the New Zealand and Australian cultures um, mm. Rob's got a Scottish ancestry, so we were able to melt all of those yeah. things together. Yeah, 
So I, mm-hmm. I think number one is I, I, I think having a, an interior design mentor is really important. I, I, I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm a little bit biased, but I think, um, you know, it's you, you do need that professional advice to be able to understand the the proportion of adding those wow pieces that you spend a little bit more money on and teaming that up with the cheaper items. Yes. Because it can be done, but there is a there is an, an art to it because you can go a little bit too far with the cheaper, you know, you've got to you've got to know how to do it. And it's important to sort of get some advice with that because otherwise it can look a little bit cheap. But it looks like she's done an amazing job. It's got a beautiful feel to it. Oh, and I think thank you. it definitely lends itself to that very uh, romantic and it's kind of soulful country yes. home. Yeah. But I think the other thing too, when you were looking and, and thinking about a process, one thing mm. I learned along the way, and it's very different from um, interior designing for your for your home that you're going to live in, is that, um, you know, I love, um, farmhouse kitchen sinks um, and you could go and spend a fortune but then the question becomes what happens if it breaks what happens if a guest breaks it so mm. honestly we went to Ikea and I'm I'm it it works it looks lovely it's functional and guess what yeah guess what I guess it, it was broken so oh, yeah. instead of costing yeah. thousands and thousands, you know, it was it, yeah. so yeah. it was very much it is very much about going around and going, okay, that's a really like you can spend some money on a painting that you really, really, really like, um, mm. because it's not going to be pulled off the wall or or, you know, uh yeah. touched too much. But then you have to look at fixtures and fittings and go, okay, mm. so if they which we've had move the shower head really um, too hard and it breaks off, you know, um, you don't want to have a a $3,000 shower faucet that you've got to go in. So I think that was a big lesson for us. And knowing who your market is as well, if you're providing holiday accommodation to a very high-end, you know, market and they are paying quite a lot of money, then you need to be offering those really high-end pieces and I suppose where we're looking, our our target market is the higher, um, mm. the higher level. Um, but what we've done is that we've um, mixed um, uh, expensive pieces with yes. not so. Because the other yeah. thing that you then have to look at, which everybody found out after, during and after COVID, is that if you have to get a hand electrician or a plumber or somebody in, um, you know, quickly, uh, you you need to know that you're not going to have a king's mm-hmm. ransom in regards to doing some things. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, definitely um, I think you can achieve it, but mm-hmm. you, you just need to understand, as you say, target market, um, yeah. what yeah. what they're looking for, functional as well as um, uh, beautiful. aesthetically beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, and the biggest thing I think to is it's got to be easy to use yes. because guests and, – and what we find is a lot of people come up from Melbourne or live in the city and they don't mm-hmm. have wood heaters or fireplaces. So for mm. them it's a bit of like, well, how do we use this? So, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> need all the instructions left for them. <laughs> yes. But then you need yeah. them to read read it. <laughs> <laughs> Please read these instructions. Exactly. So can you tell everybody about your you have some unique offerings and and packages that you that you have for your guests as well. We um it, and it's interesting that it, with the evolution when we first opened we we just had stay one night and very quickly our housekeeper operations manager we were all getting burnt out. So yes. so I think that uh we now are at the the pace of understanding that two nights isn't even enough, that mm. we are heading towards and we haven't enforced it yet, but really for us wellness wellness doesn't occur um, until really they've had three nights there. So uh, and, and how we found that out is from a package perspective, we uh, have elopements. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing that for a few years now. 
and that is a minimum three nights. So they get a package where they get the whole property and various bits and pieces included in it, but it's for the three nights. And we've seen that they really, it makes a difference. So what we've now done that we're launching in February is we've put put together a three-night, four-day wellness escape, which has been designed with a number of professional wellness specialists, nutritionalists and a DNA Mm -hmm. naturopath, a clinical hypnotherapist, neuroscientist, art therapy, various others, so that we've what they can do is take the package which provides um, sleep therapy and various accessories. Um, mm. And it just means that when they uh, uh, go back, they, they have the tools to actually, on a daily basis, keep their wellness in check and, and mm. keep developing it. Um, mm. We also have a collaboration with uh, the fermentary, Sharon Flynn, um, who takes our rose organic rose pe- petals and turns it into gut-enhancing rose petal water kefir, which is full of kefir grains, and oh, which is nice. just amazing. So, And that also ev- an ev- evolution. When we first started off with the roses, they were for florists and for weddings. Um, our mm-hmm. weather has changed quite a bit so we've had to react proactively in what we can do with them because you Mm. know it's it's and that's been a biggie for us is constantly looking at what's going on and seeing what we can do to turn what may be a challenge into an opportunity Mm. and and thinking of other ways you're thinking of other ways that you can earn an income through one property, which is yeah, very clever. There's that marketing coming in. <laughs> well, I think I think marketing. Well, I think there's um, and and it's interesting. Our we have an incredible accountant who um came down and he said, "I've got to see. I never ever tell my clients to put their all their eggs in one basket." But he said, "You've diversified enough on this property mm-hmm. that I know that you're managing the risk." that you've got with it and he said so you are the exception to the rule with with all my (laughs) other all my other clients but yeah it is and it's also really understanding what's going on like who would have thought that we would have ended up with COVID yeah and none of the accommodation places could be open like Mm. we can all be on the floor in the fetal position so so long and mm. it was really interesting when a number of people from Instagram or would call, um, you know, direct message and say, oh, I stayed, but I wish we had April roses at home. So that yes. sort of launched Smart. the product. Yeah. Mm. We developed candles and shower tablets that you can use in the in the shower as opposed to the bath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we developed, you know, people love the coffee that we have. We put we have little perpetual calendars. So we put everything into a box over COVID and had seasonal mm. boxes that they could order so okay. that they could get them at home. So I think it's about always looking at what else, you know, what else yeah. you can do. Yeah. And I, I was very lucky to have been involved with VTIC, the Victorian tourism industry, where um, they took about 24 businesses over six weeks on a on a journey of pivoting. And, and that's one of the things that I we created. Yeah. Uh, the other was yeah. that uh, so many people come to stay to celebrate, whether it's a anniversary, whether they come for a wedding, whether they come for their birthday. So what yeah. we do is we collect their anniversaries or their special dates and a, a couple of months before, you know, that's due, we send them a little postcard saying, you know, if you want to come and stay, you know, book book your dates and we'll shout you a high tea. Yes. So, nice. so it's, yeah. it's about always trying to see how we can nurture, yeah, nurture them. 
You sounds like you've got an amazing business. You've got your mind is always yes. on. It's, <laughs> but I think you have to be to, to stay on top of it. Well, I think for sure. I think that one of the biggest things I learned and have always known is that um, you just can't be complacent. Just yep. because you get it to a certain point, you, there's no way that you can sit. You know, sit, sit exactly. back. And I think, mm. and you manage it all yourself, everything yourself. Or uh, well, you we help? we don't have a booking, um, an independent booking manager. We we do manage that because it would be difficult to outsource it when we've got the rose farm. Like it, it mm. just means that you wouldn't be able to get the continuity. But doing so, managing it ourselves is is enormous. Because even though we're only one acre, it, it feels like a huge estate with the amount. I think we've got, if I added it up, we had 32 people that we interact with to make Acre of Roses happen. And I've got, I think, 14 um, people that come on a, whether a daily basis, you know, between our incredible housekeeper to our gardeners, um, to the person that looks after the hot tub uh, it just mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a lot so one of the things that I discovered this year that I think all hosts should have a look at is an incredible tool called Nines Living which is an estate management software system Nines NinesLiving.com mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, they that this piece of software uh, does everything because one of the things that you've got to look at when you're hosting is maintenance maintenance is like almost number one on keeping everything Mm. going and to maintain a property is more intensive when you're hosting than probably when you're just living in a property you think oh I won't worry about the gutters or I won't worry about this Um, and keeping up with all that maintenance and knowing who you've had when it's due, pest management, the whole work. So it keeps, keeps track of all so of that. I'll put all of that, that link in the um, show notes so everybody yeah, can. Yeah, it is absolutely it. incredible and it has saved me hundreds of hours, absolutely hundreds. Mm. You've got all your vendors on there. You have uh, all your warranties, Okay, the, the whole works. It really is. And it's really cost-effective too. It's not hundreds mm. and hundreds a month. And that, mm. that was a big one. All right, great. I'll get those details off you when we finish up. So you manage your own Instagram account? I do. And I, in partnership with a very good friend who is a, she was an ex micro rose farm grower from the, re, from the same region, uh, who happens to be a journalist and a marketer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think um, we've known each other for six years. Uh, and we have, I think it's, I'm using the right term, simpatico. So, you know, I can start a sentence and she can finish it. And that, that is really, <laughs> that's, that's really rare. But where the, the, the Instagram came from was that our um, mutual friend and mentor, Emily Osmond, is how I started yeah. the Instagram journey. And she is just incredible, much more than just social media. She's she's just, from a business uh, mentor perspective, she's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a lot of work with Emily and then um, uh, Danielle and I, um, I, I do, I get, I don't have the stories that we do every day are scheduled uh, and we do do that a couple of, like a month in advance. But a mm-hmm. lot of the posts and the reels, as Emily says, it's all about the reels. Yeah. <laughs> that I, which is which is tricky to have the time to do it, and most of the posts yeah. are inspiration or um, that that happens, you know, along the way. I noticed doing a. You just recently did a twelve days planting or something. Oh, thirty what? days of spring planting. 30, yeah, thirty days, 30 days of spring 30 planting. Days. So yeah, it, and yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. We, I thought that was a great idea. Well, thank you. We came, it would have been last year that we started doing the 30 days of, you know, 30 days of slow, 30 days of forest walking or whatever. And we sort of stopped doing it. And then I'd get all these direct messages saying, we're waiting on the daily um, 30 days of and it's not happening. So we, Mm. we actually 
that is the one big scheduling that we do do. Um, that and and people seem to love it because it's almost like a um, what's happening today. You know, like what have we yeah. got today? The I anticipation. Yeah. Um, but very much it, it's um, about showcasing what the region's got. You know, part of our philosophy is you know wellness is not it's also about well-being uh and and mm. very much from covid and the pandemic our focus is very about mental health mental so health. um and that's really really important we've i think it brought it home where we've had since you know lockdown ended probably three episodes of where people have um broken down and mm. uh, more, especially around Victoria, um, because we were so heavily impacted. Um, mm. But I think one of the things that is when you do start to relax, we we don't get taught the structure of de-stressing. Uh, mm. And that's why one of our wellness specialists, Perry Curtis, has uh, mm-hmm. talks about and on, on one of our blogs so mm-hmm. um, one, on one of our blog posts, she actually identifies how to de- de-stress. And mm-hmm. that's important for hosts because it, you don't expect that you'll have to look after somebody that's having a breakdown. Like, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's very much the exception. But, mm-hmm. but I have found post-pandemic that guests are um, anxious and, yeah. and stressed and uncertain. So how we deal, our communication has had to change big mm-hmm. time. Um, our automatic communication has gone from just a couple of touch points to, I think, seven or eight. And now I even phone people before they come because Zooming and the situation we were put in has meant that people just are not coping. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a really um, interesting point too. Because you're right, we we when we go away on holidays or when we do finally stop and we let things go and we relax and we do start to decompress, that's when you you everything sort of yes. hits you. That's when it all everything starts to flood in, yeah. and you you don't. We haven't been taught how to cope when that hits you. No, I was very lucky. Uh, last year to do a mental health first aid course um, mm. and I really think that ev- every family should if you if you go and do first aid uh, as, as which everybody knows so that in a in a situation we can cope I, th- I think people should do the mental health first aid course as well which is certified mm. like St. the St. John's one and it's something that I think, you know, as a host, you just don't know what situation you're going to come across. No, you don't. Yeah. Yep. No, well, thank you for bringing that up because I think that that is important to to highlight. Yeah. So what advice would you give others who are looking to start their own holiday home or holiday property business? What do you think they need to know? Look, I think that they need to very much treat it like creating any new business. A lot of people, and it was interesting when um, Daniel and I started the Consortium Botanicus a number of years ago for the local farmers, and probably about five, six years ago, everybody wanted to be a flower farmer because it was really aspirational. Um, Mm. It's a lot of hard work and it really truly is farming. But I think people now also are like, okay, this is really good, let's be a host. And they don't realise everything often that goes behind it, and that is you you need to have all your insurances, you need to um, do everything, have a business plan. Look, the business plan doesn't need to be 100 pages long, but you need to have something. You need to understand where you sit in the market, location. What's unique about the location? We are spoilt where we are. We're right in the midst of Dalesford Macedon. So, you know, bang. Um, also location on the street. We're in the village, but we are a hundred meters from the center of the village and a 10, 12 minute walk to the Wombat State Forest going from village to, um, farmland to, you know, mm. the forest. 
So we couldn't have asked for a better location. Uh, But I also think that you need to think of things like um, succession planning. And Mm. because of the pandemic, um, gardeners, tradies, all labourers are all non-existent. So Mm. what we saw is the new generation um, of uh, 16 to 22-year-olds, the Zoomers, uh, and their Mm. attitude to working and responsibility I find is just amazing. So we've now got the majority of our team uh, that come and garden and uh, support people and do, you know, little jobs. I've got a little intern who's 18. Um, I've had her for nearly 16 months and it's not a pretend internship. You know, she has goals and tasks and she'll have us on her CV. So I think that that's really, really important. Mm. Uh, because when you're in a regional area, you, you don't just have this enormous uh, opportunity of people to, to draw oh, from. That's right. uh, so yeah. we had yeah. to think a little bit more laterally in, in, in how we got those, those resources mm-hmm. and also the ability to get everybody working together so that Rob and I could take a break away. Mm. And, and I think that's a biggie for all really important um for all and you know moving forward for hosting and i'm sure and and i've been talking to a lot of colleagues this year i've spent most of my days on spreadsheets working out how to save money you know electricity's gone up insurance has gone Mm. up food has gone up and it it that that also has been something that in the past i'd not have as a priority but you know um and of course it becomes difficult unless you're offering something a bit different to to Mm. whack up the prices just because everything else i mean i know that you can put a bit of a cpi increase in there but people yes uh, of living is just crazy yeah so i think those things and the hard thing i'm finding as well is that because guests have done it hard, um, you know, over the emotionally and and financially, you you really do have to show a lot of value. So how do you show value um, whilst trying to save money? So it it really does um, put you yeah. in a situation that you've got to be creative. Totally agree with you. So I've just got some quick questions to ask you to finish up. Yes. Um, where, what is your favourite spot in the property? I think my favourite spot is sitting behind the brick folly in, in the warmer months. It really is a special area that's peaceful. You hear the birds. Um, you watch the clouds go by. It, it's very calming. I usually have a cup of coffee um, in the morning wow. and it's a really great way to start the day. Very nice. And what's your interior's inspiration? That would be, it's an interesting mix. I'm a coastal girl from New Zealand, so I lived by the sea. I miss, you know, the the roar of the sea, the smell of, you know, the the sea air. So um, there was a bit of Hamptons. Hamptons meets the country is sort of my my inspiration. My dad was a designer who went often to on the west coast but also the east coast so Mm -hmm. there are multi-pane windows everywhere at our place rob hates them and i adore them but um (laughs) it provides a level of coziness so uh but yeah definitely bill and i worked on hamptons meets the country nice and what is the best part of being a holiday home host what do you love about it seeing people leave uh, not that we see people leave all the time but they will send messages about how different they feel after they left how they want to come back that it made a difference that they got engaged that they got married they celebrated a birthday it the you know it's hard it is really really hard because not every single one of them is is that giving and and generous in regards to feedback, even though we do ask for you feedback. So I find mm. it very fulfilling. Out of everything I've done in my life, I feel it makes service, you know, service of others. I, I think is one of the greatest 
opportunities that you can have. Mm. It is extremely rewarding and it's very, very fulfilling. Oh, that's nice. And would you do it all over again? Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says that. Everybody I ask says that. So uh, would you like to share any offers with our listeners today? Well, what we are doing is that from now until the 31st of December, um, any availability, yep, 2022, yes, yep. any yep. availability we have in the potting shed, we're offering stay three, pay two. So you can come and stay for three nights, but only pay for two. So that's from now until, as you said, 31st of December, 2022. Uh, we also mm-hmm. have on the 30th of November, a book launch, Sharon Flynn of the Fermentary, uh, actually wrote part of the book at Acre of Roses and photogra- had it photographed there. It's called Wild Drinks and it's all about fermented um, drinks. We'll offer oh. a ticket a competition, basically, like us, like Sharon, and tell us why you'd love to attend on our Instagram and you'll go into the draw. And obviously, there'll be a link to Well Traveller. We've been picked by Visit Victoria and Tourism Australia to partake in Well Traveller, mm-hmm. and where that's where you'll see our three-night, four-day wellness escapes. And um, we'll also be on Channel 10, 4 p.m. on Sunday the 20th. We're doing mm. uh, a profile um, of us uh, as part of their TV series. Oh, I look forward to seeing yeah. that. That'll be great. And so what? where can everybody find you on Instagram and all the places? Uh, at Acre of Roses is our Instagram handle and www.acreofroses.com.au. Perfect. Well, I've absolutely loved listening to your story and I ju- it just sounds like such an amazing property and, you know, just a, a little oasis that you've created down there. Oh, thank you. I've, I've actually driven through Trentham before when I've been down for a trip to, to Dalesford, but I haven't actually stopped. Well, I think, so I think Trentham is uh, it's becoming more discovered, but I, I definitely think um, Trentham is a bit of a hidden gem. So, we look forward to mm. seeing you, Katrina, when you pass through yeah. next time. I'll come on a little romantic getaway. Oh, I reckon <laughs> that you need to. Thank you so much. It's been so good to have you. No worries. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in with me today. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you could share with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to transform your holiday property into a must-stay holiday destination, you can head to the link in my show notes or send me a DM over on Instagram at studiohaven underscore au and I will send you my top 10 tips to transform your holiday home from drab to fab. Let's work together to transform your holiday home into a must-stay destination. Mm